Second Timothy this morning, Second Timothy chapter number 3, and we'll begin reading in um, verse number 1. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1, if you're there, say Amen. amen. Uh, the Word of God said this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, in... Uh, Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive uh, silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning and never able. Isn't that that something? Ever learning yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I want to preach this morning if God, the Holy Ghost, will help me. And maybe over the next several weeks, uh, just in these seven verses, I have 23 points. God has absolutely nailed me to a seat and to a table this week. And I want to preach this morning, if I could, on this thought, ever learning, yet void of eternal life. Ever learning, yet void of of eternal life. Father, in Jesus' name, I do come before You, Lord. And God, I pray, God, that You'd get on me. Lord, at 5 o'clock this morning, I ask You, Lord, to get on me. And God, here we are. It's came so quickly. And God, it's the preaching hour. And Lord, I need Your touch. And God, I need Your power. God, You know my heart this morning, Lord. God, You know the hearts of Your people this morning. I pray, Holy Ghost, that You would draw as only You can. God, we're living in a day and an hour and a generation where people truly are ever learning, yet they've never come to know the knowledge of the truth. God, I need You to help me this morning. Please, oh God, in Jesus' name and for His lovely sake. And all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated this morning. If I could, by way of introduction, it is here in our text where we find ourselves reading after the Apostle Paul. And Paul has begun to write to, to young Timothy. And Paul has begun to forewarn him of what things would be like in the last days. Uh, may I say that Paul goes to great length uh, to produce specific details concerning how people would be in perilous times. Uh, but notice my friend, Paul does not describe uh, 
people who were out in the world here in our text uh, but rather Paul begins to deal with folks uh, who would call themselves Christians Paul here is talking about men who would claim the title as a child of God Paul is dealing with those who would refer uh, to themselves as knowers and uh, lovers of God but the Bible said that they would deny the power thereof. May I say there has never been a time on planet earth where this truth that has been here told holds more water and more value than it does in the day and hour in which we're living. My friend, these exact verses of scripture that we just read are more relevant than tomorrow's newspaper. My friend, I firmly believe that we are in the very last of last days. I believe we're in the very hour that Paul has begun to preach about. I believe we're in days of apostasy. I understand that we are in a day and an hour that the gospel is going forth and the Lord Jesus is being preached. But may I say, even the gospel will draw crowds from both sides. My friend Matthew will look here in just a moment, but in Matthew's gospel, in chapter number 13, verse number 47 and 48, listen, the word of God said the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good in the vessels, but cast the bad away. May I say it's amazing to me how clear things have already become concerning the separation of those who are good and those who are bad. In other words, my friend, the gospel net is cast forth. But hear me, the gospel net, according to Matthew's gospel, the kingdom of heaven's likened to a big net. The Bible said that it gathers every kind. In other words, that gospel net that's thrown, it does draw sinners to repentance. Can I get a witness? But my friend, sometimes it draws lookalikes and sometimes it draws fakes and phonies and sometimes it will gather in hypocrites. It will gather in men that profess to know God but in works they deny Him. It will gather in those who profess a relationship with God yet they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. I wonder who's sitting under the sound of my voice this morning. I can look at some of you and tell you you do not have the power. I don't know if you remember but in October I said before the whole church that they was a handful I was praying for to get saved. And I listen I can't put you in heaven and I can't put you in hell but you can reveal yourselves. I can be around somebody. I can pastor somebody long enough to know that they are void 
void of the Spirit of God. And I can tell when God begins to move, uh, you don't have a blessed fire clue what in the world to do. Uh, it's foreign to you. Uh, and if you do do something when God's moving, it's ignorant uh, and it's out of place uh, and it's not spiritual. Why, well, preacher, are you being mean? No, I'm throwing out a cry that there's a form of godliness, uh, but you deny the power thereof. Now, right, listen, it wouldn't shock me to see nobody get saved no more. I'm telling you, we're in the last days. The very ones, amen, and he's lost and on their way to hell. I need, I need some help, Brother Jeff. I believe this. I believe if your old time hacking preaching daddy was here, he'd tell you over the years he's probably seen more that had a church membership come to realize they was lost and he has a, a heroin addicts and drunks walk through the back door. I've done seen about a half a dozen of y'all come in here, join the church, I'd say you're saving. You're lost as a duck in the middle of a hailstorm. Listen, I'm not mad at you. I'm angry with the devil. I'm so sick and tired of people being content with a form of godliness. But there's no power in them. They do not know God. And the power of God does not rest on their lives. It's because they're lost and on their way to hell this morning. You ain't got a preacher that's just going to high five you because you're on the church books and say everything's fine and well. I'm concerned about your soul. Listen to me. Some of y'all's only testimony you got is you closed your eyes and a leprechaun jumped out but you know well as good as I do you don't speak with God God don't speak to you you don't know the voice of God how you know preacher because when he begins to speak you're clueless you have no idea how to respond the presence of God makes you a nervous wreck you may never say it friend you may not even realize it but I'm here to tell you this morning that we're living in a day where people are ever learning in other words the longer they go to church they more the more they know how to have church they learn how to go to church they learn how to be a Christian they learn all about who Jesus is but hear me salvation is not intellectual salvation is not in the mind salvation is not in the thoughts salvation is not a head knowledge listen to me this morning salvation is a heart knowledge and if the only thing you know about God's in here but the God of heaven don't live in here you're ever learning yet void of eternal life and I say this morning soon and very soon God will gather his crop now listen to me. Some of y'all think I'm an idiot right now. But if that trump were to sound the voice of God, have the trump of God sound, uh, and, the, and the dead in Christ would rise first, uh, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up if the rapture took. I firmly believe this. God can judge me. He will judge me. God will judge every word that proceeds out of my mouth. You'll know how I know there's lost people here, not just by what I've seen or heard or thought, but God the Holy Ghost has had me up and burdened at my God I couldn't sleep a I did not sleep one second last night because I was so bombarded. From the time I woke up yesterday 
Dick last night. We was at the church at 8.30, and I said, Dick, we got to hurry. I got to get back to my studies. When he called me, I said, we got to fix some water issues. I said, but we got to be quick. I got to get back. It was a phone job. I said, I'm not Right. And I got to get back to my study. That's not what I told you. And I told him last night, so we got to hurry. I don't want to be up all night. I want to get plenty of rest. I want to make sure I'm resting. That's because God got something to say more. I know he's got something to say more. But if we got to hurry, so I can go home and get to bed. And we did. We hurried. I got out of the rain. The Lord got hurt. And I went home and, 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 and opened my Bible, opened my notebook. And I, I don't know why, but God would let me put this one in my bag. Preach, man. Mm. I don't know why. But he's made me right in the word. And I end up not even probably a quarter of the way done. He said, No, you won't talk as you go right there. And I'd sit there and I'd write and I'd read. God would say something I'd write and I'd read. All preaching. And I did it all night long. I'm not saying that to get a pat on the back. That's right. I'm not saying that to impress you. That's right. I'm not very impressed I'm not saying I'm, I'm telling you why I know lost people's here. Yeah, yeah. We're lost. But Jeff, that's a strong statement, but I will answer to God for it. He's the one that told me that. Man, boy. Lord, help. help him, God. Help him. Oh. Bears down. Now listen to me. I'm just telling you, I, and you know what's amazing? I feel honest to God. I feel like I got 12 solid hours of sleep last night. Amen. I'm, God. Tired. I'm telling you the truth. I don't want to be part of you. I've a marathon. I'm telling you, you say, what is that? It's a I pray. I bowed my head several times and I prayed specifically. I named some of y'all's names. And I said, God, open their eyes tomorrow. Open their hearts. They're so convinced. That they're saved, they'll bust tail wide open, and the only thing they'll be able to do is go back on a March Sunday morning where the preacher made a cry. But they were so convinced, they had been so learned that they would not accept they were void of eternal life. Let me tell you something if you're all the time having to convince yourself that God lives in you, He probably don't. Right, man. Everybody with me? Yes, sir. I ain't talking about everybody every now and then somebody doubt. I ain't talking about doubt and salvation. Everybody's done that time too or whatever. I just know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you've got to you've got to sit and talk yourself saved. Right. Every time. I'm talking about I'm talking about some of y'all. Maybe you don't do that. You're just so convinced you're saved and you 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 listen to me. If you do not have a time and a place that God the Holy Ghost convicted you, yes. come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. You may not know the address, you may not know the physical time, you may not even know the physical date, but if God the Holy Ghost ever confronted you and convicted you and showed you your sin and showed you the Savior and you bowed down and humbled yourself and was ashamed 
convict your heart. Yes, sir. In order for you to be saved. Yes, yes, sir. There's no way around it. If you just start feeling bad about some sin, right? And now listen, this is what I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to get a bunch of saved people re saved. Right. Amen. Be saved once. Right. I'm not trying to put a bunch of saved people in confusion and make you run up there so we say we had 13 church members. I'm not into all that. Right. That's right. I'm a firm believer, though, the people who have a profession for their possession. Yes. Amen. And probably, God's done dealing with some of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. Amen. And you are going to lay it forth with God right now. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't be talking to me. Come on. For God the Holy Ghost is speaking to me. Why? You're ever learning. You know all there is to know. You know the Ten Commandments. You can quote scripture. You know all the songs. You know all the hymns. Listen to me. You know and You know what I'm going to say before I can say it. You know when to say amen. You know when to raise your hand. You know when to go to the altar. Some of you don't know when to go to the altar. Some of you don't know when to raise your hand. Some of you don't know when to say amen. That concerning too. Yeah. Sure is. I know this is hard. Come on. This is true. Listen, if I could trade spots with you, I would. Come on, yeah. There's a whole list here. I've got every one of them. Every, every word. I've got about a page for every single word that's listed in First Timothy chapter 3. It tells us who those people are. Yes. Not who men see necessarily, but who those people are. Can I borrow your Bible somebody? Look, look with me. 2 Timothy 3. Look at verse 2. Yes. <coughs> Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Right. I can preach right there for six months. Yeah. Yes, sir. Covetous. Yes, sir. Boasters. Come on. Proud. Yes, Blasphemers. Yes, sir. Let me tell you what the blasphemers do. They rage, rant, and rage, and rare and rage the name of Jesus. And every time they speak his name, they bring reproach to it. Yeah. They turn, they actually turn people away from everyone to know their God because they bring such shame to who he is and to his name. Disobedient to parents. Hey, kids. Yeah. Why can't you ever? Obey your parents. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many times you go to altar and ask God to save you. If there's not something in you besides your mom and daddy's voice that gets you in trouble, you ain't saved. Amen. Amen. I got Bible for that, bless God. Listen, there ought to be somebody correcting you besides mom and daddy when you go to do wrong. There ought to be somebody down in there that says, hey, you got to listen to the other. Why? Back 
go out and not talk to our kids that way. You better thank God somebody is. That's right. Amen. They'll pat them on the back and out in school and tell them they just need correctly. No, they need born again. Disobedient to parents, unthankful. Yeah. True sign somebody's never been to Calvary. Yeah. Or unthankful, unholy. Watch this. Without natural affection. Yeah. I studied this. Yes. And studied it. Come on, preacher. And studied it. There's a thousand opinions on this. Yes, but according to that Bible, what we just read, right there, there's people that do not have natural affection. Exactly right. And they have a form of godliness. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen all this, never thought like this, till God's glued me to the paper. Yeah. Now, let me expound on this without natural affection. Right. Automatically, we understand this is applying to Solomites. But that's not just who it's applying to. What about parents? Yes, sir. Who are mean and abusive and harmful to their own children? I believe that. That's not natural. No, sir. What about children who have terrible, wicked, evil, demonic thoughts and they do not love, but matter of fact, they hate and they would harm and hurt and somebody would kill their own parents if they could. Yeah. That's unnatural. Yeah. And those types of people get in the choir loft yes. and say, it is well with my soul. Right. How do you know? Look at your text. Man, we're not talking about the bars. We're not talking about the whorehouses. We're not talking about the dope dealers. We're not talking about the rock concerts. We're talking Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the kind of people in the last days that will see the amazing words and put God face in his feet. They got a form of godliness. Yeah. They get out of the power thereof. They're ever learning that void of eternal life. I believe a saved man or woman can call as deep in a dark hole of sin as anybody else. Sure. Yeah, I said if you've ever messed up, if you've ever disobeyed your parents, if you've ever been a church, that's not what I'm saying. But if, listen to me, this is King James Bible. If you can live a disobedient and God never promised you, you're all. If you can live a Christian and God never promised you and you've never gone to repent, you never chastise, you're all. If you can live a Solomite and God don't chastise you or kill you, I've 
saved and continue in their sin, and God yanked their tail out of this world. It's not a scare tactic. It's King James Bible. Without natural affection. My friend, let me ask you something. I mean, you're right, and you won't get nowhere. In Matthew chapter number 13, turn there. Let's look. We find the We find the uh, parable. I've only been preaching 24 minutes. Look in Matthew 13. Look at verse 24 with me. I want you to read this and see this for yourself. Matthew 13, 24. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible said another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came, sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household uh, householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye up together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. I want you to see something here in this parable. In Matthew chapter number 13. What we find here is the story of the weed and the tares. The first thing I want you to notice is the field. In verse number 24 and 25, we find this. We find that both the wheat and the tares share and they, they, they shared and were sown into the same field. What is this, preacher? It's a form of godliness. But it's denying the power thereof. We not only see the field, but then I want you to see the foe. Verse 25, while men slept. Why were they sleeping? They've been working in the field. That's the wheat. Those who were planting the good seed. While they slept from laboring in the field, we find the foe came and sowed tares or lookalike. I'm going to get into this a little deeper here in just a moment. Not only do we see the field and the foe, but then we see the fruit in verse 26 and 27. Notice this. Both the wheat and the tares look exactly the same. You can look this up for yourself when you go home. The wheat and tares are the exact same in appearance. They have the same color. I've studied and researched all this. They grow the same way. Notice this. They, they have the same seed. The same seeds. The only difference is that one is always unfruitful. Now, I need you to hear that. Look it up. This ain't my opinion. Look it up. One is always unfruitful. And here's what they refer to tares as. Look it up. Read it for yourself. Bastard wheat. That's what it's called. Bastard wheat. Now notice something. Stay with me for a moment. Wheat and tares look alike, but while the wheat produces seeds after itself, 
In other words, there's life in wheat. It reproduces. Tares are more or less a flower. They are barren. They're a looking piece. May I say the foe is responsible for this fruitless seed. He is not only the sower of it, he's the owner of it because God does not possess that type of seed. And I say we find wheat and tares in the very beginning of the Bible, in the fall of man. Stay with me. I'm building, I'm, I'm going somewhere. In Genesis chapter number 3, you know what you find? Wheat and tares. What do you mean? Well, God sows the good seed. He placed mankind in the garden. He gave mankind everything he needed. He set it up to where mankind could be in constant, unbreakable fellowship with him. We understand that it was there while God was away. What do you mean God was away? Well, God would come visit with him in the cool of the day. But before God came to visit with him... We understand that there was a serpent named Satan who crept in. Everybody stay, hold your place in Matthew 13. Crept in. And he sold a tear in the form of a word or a thought. He sowed this tear into the heart of Eve. Why would why would Eve buy into this tear? Genesis 3, verse 6 explains it very well. And when the woman, does anybody know the next word? Saw. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Can I say Eve uh, based her decision? She fell for the tear because uh, she based that decision on what she saw. And my friend, the devil, even from the first person on planet earth, has always been extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily gifted when it comes to making lookalikes. Uh, think about this. The first that the devil ever made was fake fruit. You know what's in our churches? Fake fruit. Why do people go to church lost as they can be and nobody seems to notice? Because people are going to church in these last days based on one thing. If you were to look over a field, half of it's wheat, half of it's tears, can I tell you something? Can tell something. You know how long time you can tell the difference in wheat and tears? And harvest Amen. The wheat will produce fruit. Yep. But the tares will never produce fruit. The wheat produce seeds and they reproduce. Yet the tares they reproduce. But they look identical. They grow together. Did you read that in Matthew 13? Did you read where the reapers came in and said, Master, did you not sow good seed? He said, yeah, I sow good seed. They said, from whence come these tares? He said, I don't know. I guess the, the, the enemy came in while we was asleep and sowed them tares. And they said, well, surely we just need to go plug them up. 
some wheat ground. Yeah. Uh, there's people in here to save us. The Apostle Paul could have married the people that's lost. Yeah. yeah. We're going to try to point them out and pull them out and remove them and tear guess what else we're going to lose. All right. But the harvest is coming. Does everybody see how all these scriptures are going together? Paul said in the last days or in perilous times. Matthew's gospel said in the last days or in perilous times. Can I say my friend? She based her decision in Genesis 3 on what she saw. It looked good. It was pleasant to the eye. Some of y'all look in your spiritual mirror and you like what you see in you. That ought to be red flag number one. You look in the mirror and all you see is a good Christian. Something's wrong. Because if God lives on the inside of you, every time you look at yourself, you're disgusted with yourself. You know the worst, I hate somebody worse than I can ever tell any of you. How bad I hate you. No, he is me. I hate my flesh man. Why? Because all he does is defile and corrupt and lie and steal and cheat and murder and kill. He's nothing but an infidel, this old flesh man. But that's not the only man that's living in me. Matter of fact, that man's been put off. He just likes to rear his head up every now and then. But the real seed that produces life and reproduces in me, it's wheat. Sweet. Now, 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 not only do we see the the field and the foe and the fruit, but I want you to look at the fire and the fortune. Look at verse 28, Matthew 13. This is where I'll end. I won't go no further than this today. Matthew 28, or Matthew 13, verse 28. Look with me. He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou go? And he said, Go and gather him up. He said, Nay. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. What takes place at the harvest? And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares. Bind them. Notice that. Underline that if you write in your Bible. Bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Can I say both the wheat and the tares share the same ground? They share the same growth and they're both, in other words, uh, the tares, they're growing together. Can lost people grow in the knowledge of God? Yeah, but they'll never come to the knowledge of the truth. What did Jesus say he was? I'm the way and the truth. So they're ever learning yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You can know everything there is to know about Him and not know Him. Some of y'all are making me nervous. You can know everything about Him and not know Him. How? Because you're ever learning, but you're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, you look like a Christian. You walk like one and you 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 go to church like one. You say amen like one. You dress like one. You watch what Christians watch and you 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 go where Christians go and you don't go and you've got all that going for you because your mind has been filled full of knowledge. The 
you can have all the knowledge in the world, sir or ma'am, and not know the truth. Fact is, most people who have this form of godliness but deny the power thereof, they deny the power because they're full of pride. Puffed up and arrogant. Is everybody okay? Ain't nobody knows as much as them. Ain't nobody as spiritual as them. Ain't nobody who thinks like them. Ain't nobody who sing like them. Ain't nobody who preach like them. Ain't nobody who can go to church like them. Ain't nobody can resist like them or that like them. And every time they open the blessed my mouth, it's about them. There's a problem there somewhere. Amen. Testimony time, all you can do is talk about you. Is ever good biblical Holy Ghost church has lost people. Yeah. Ever slam one of them. Yes, sir. Ever slam one of them. If they're really God's people, it's really God's man, they're really preaching God's book and God's presence is really manifested, you better know these three or four or five or ten devils are leaking around. Some of y'all have so convinced yourself that you're okay. I, again, I'm not here to talk nobody out of nothing. I'm trying to let you know you ain't got it. You ain't got it. What do you mean? Well, you you look you look okay. You act okay. You go to church faithfully. Sometimes you even throw money in the offering. But you deny the power. What happens? Well, we see fire and fortune. What happens to the tares? They get bound up, burned. What happens to the wheat? They get bound up, gathered up, and brought to the barn. 
Sweet Sarah Lee? I like the sweet wheat. Bread offering. What do you reckon they made with the, what was the fruit of wheat? I just told you. Bread. Jesus is not only the way to drink life, he is the of what? The sweet is not just something that's put there for no reason. It's the giver of life and what it puts on is life. That's why Jesus said, I didn't just come to give you life, but life more abundantly. Man. You know what my life, the life that Jesus has placed in me has done? Not all my life, but since I got right with God, been living for God, preaching for God, some of you found the life that I had because it was in me and the seed was planted in your life. And then God that gave the increase. And guess what? Now you're weak and you've got seeds. And that be planted in somebody else. We see the return content. Why is it some of y'all have been saved for a hundred years and nobody knows nothing more about Jesus? Matter of fact, you turn them against him. You have no fruit. You have no seeds. There is no life. Why? Because you're born in the power. Right. Yeah. You're born. Listen, let me tell you what wheat does. Look me up. I have to study this stuff because I don't know it. Amen. I have to study to tell you these things because I don't know it. Wheat is a constant producer. Wheat produces wheat, wheat produces wheat, it throws off seeds. Those seeds get buried in the ground, they get covered, they get watered. Just like Paul said, I come, me and Paul said, Lord, but God did the increase. That's what wheat does, God has to get the increase. But notice it don't just stop with the finished product. What happens when that wheat is taken to the barn, it's harvested, and then it's turned to bread? What happens from there? Somebody eats it. Guess what that bread's done? One more time. It's a part life. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. We're reading about Joseph. You know what they went? You know what you know what they went to get, don't you? Corn. You know what we read? Cornbread. Imagine they had some cornbread bread somewhere in there. And 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 they had to go to Joseph to get it because he's only had it. And when they got from Joseph, you know what they told him? You have saved our We just read it this morning. You saved our life. You know what those people, when they went to wherever that was, they took it from the barn, they made bread. You know what they were saying? They didn't have McDonald's drive-thrus. Hello? Is everybody okay? They didn't have a baby's steakhouse. They thought they did. They never made that real death. That stuff will make your mouth full. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but it's what gave them life. 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 Then, because they had strength, they'd give them life, they'd go out and work the field and plant more seeds. And God would again bring the, bring, bring the increase, give the increase, and it would kind of produce seeds and more wheat. Wheat would turn bread and bread. We'd keep them going another day and they'd go back down and work. You know why God is the bread of life? Not just for you to get a ticket to heaven, but to keep us alive, to keep us spiritually alive, physically alive, to sustain us and to grow us and to strengthen us. What is your job? It's to go out there. 
sand in the field. Everybody looks around, they can't spot them. Right. And then Monday, Tuesday, right. Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday, they're not Christians. You might not drink to do drugs. There's all kinds of lost people that don't drink to do drugs. Right. You might not see what you don't go to the life. There's all kinds of lost people that don't do those things either. But you have no, listen to me, zero fellowship with God. Yeah. Unless you're at church. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't tell me you have life living in you? Why is it that you can thrive and never read your Bible? Yeah. Come on. That's right. How many people, you've only made two or three professions and you still lost? Yeah. Come on. Come on, Bruce. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. The power's missing. Right, yeah. 
but you deny the power. You are ever learning. You know more about the Bible today than you did eight years ago, but for some odd reason, you still not come to know the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because you're a tear. I'm not angry with you. I'm not asking. I'm very concerned. Right. I really believe if something don't change, some of you all close your eyes in death. And you will learn anything. I don't say that lightly. I don't say it with pleasure or pride. Right. Hey kids, listen to me. <clears throat> saying a few words to ease your mind or to whatever wrong with you. It's not okay. Right. You've never got victory over your rebellion. It's not to say you're never going to be disobedient. You're never going to back up. You're never going to it's not the same. But that's who you are. And you cannot ever get over it or past it. And God don't do nothing to you about it. I'd be, I'd be very aware that folks, nobody here knows no different than you do. God knows. And unfortunately, I'm pretty sure.
down. If you're lost, you come get saved this morning. If you're lost, run to Jesus. He'll save you this morning. Sister Leah, come sing us something. God's a moving. Some of y'all need to move. I am so thankful for the one. I am so thankful. But there's others. There's others and I'm begging you to come. I'm begging you to come. You can go out of here knowing you can have the real thing this morning. Glory to God. You can have the power this morning. You don't have to live a lie no more. Oh, Brother Isaac preached last Thursday night. He preached over at Brother Tony's. And he told his testimony. He said, as a 10-year-old boy, on a Saturday night, about 12 o'clock, he said he walked into church. Daddy was over there getting ready for church on Sunday morning. As a 10-year-old boy, he was swallowing. He said, what the world is saying? He said, I can't lie to the Lord. I can't lie to the Lord. He's a 10-year-old boy. He's going to put on the front. Why? He had been taught. He knew it all right here. He had all the knowledge in the world, but it never knew the truth. <laughs> he had to cry and weep and repent his way to Calvary and get the power. Lord, the evidence is just not there. I pray, Lord, that you know the those of you on the altar, hey, you pray until you get through. I would go out of here, no doubt. I would go out of here, no more. I'd go out of here with the fire of God, the Holy Ghost. I'd go out of here with the blood being a God of God. I'd go out of here saved. I'd get saved this morning. I'd get born again this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can get in this morning. And if you are saved and you're trying to live like that list in 2 Timothy 3, I'd get on my face and get right with God this morning. Oh, yes. 